Welcome into Jags AM presented by CarShield. It's Monday, August 14th. We have Jaguars actual football to talk about in terms of they played a preseason game, which we've been dying for because we've been, you know, sweating out in the sun at training camp. So things are legit. And I think some of the younger players we've been talking about really came out and showed out. And that was what I was most impressed by from that game. I think all the rookies did. I mean, I, I, maybe you could say Eric Hallett. Um, but you just go down the line, and every one of them, John, did something that was noteworthy. Yeah, and it's what you look for. I've gotten a striking number of emails from people upset about this or that, and the first-team offense uh, didn't start fast. And look, uh, Doug talked this morning. He wants to start faster. But is there a big concern on your part that the offense isn't going to be good? None. So relax about the offense. Until we see it a couple of regular season games not work, it's going to work. What you wanted out of this was to see the young players. You wanted to see guys, as they step up, they certainly seem deeper. I thought the depth issue was overrated last year. I thought they were fairly deep in key spots. But it, it looks like they have some young guys who are going to be key and good for the future of this franchise. And by the way, apologies to Derek Parrish and Eric Hallett if they did something. You know, I didn't, didn't see every rookie do something. But as I went through my list... There were a lot of guys that did, and that to me, that's what matters the most. And we're going to be talking a ton about that today, but let's start off with big things because third drive was the charm for Trevor. We thought uh, we would see the starters for maybe one or two drives. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence throwing that interception on the first drive, and then, you know, they punted on the second drive. It's obviously a bit of a, I think Duck said the ball slipped out of his hands there, but just a mistake. You know, he just shouldn't have either thrown out of bounds or, or, you know, let that play go. But they did bounce back from that, right? They got the uh, fumble on the punt, and uh, they were able to get the ball back on that third possession. They put the starters back out there, and then you saw the drive that you wanted to see, right? You want to see them finish strong, and to get that touchdown pass to Christian Kirk, they went for the two-point conversion as well. And I think, John, were you encouraged that at least they were able to kind of finish things off after a little bit of rocky start there? Yeah, and you want to see him smooth it out over the long run, but this is sort of what Trevor is. I mean, he... he he gets it going. It, it can take him a while to get started, it, and it took him a while to get started the other night. I, I, I'm not worried about the interception. I'm not worried about anything on, on this offense. But, you know, if they had stopped the game after three series against the Chargers last year, everybody gets fired. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm exaggerating. They weren't going to get fired. But, you know, so football is a 60-minute game. This is what this team sort of is. If this was a game, they hung in there, they shut them out, and then they got to turn over – and went in and scored. That's football. They this team takes advantage of opportunities. Uh, I'm starting to think of tre of Trevor as sort of an adrenaline quarterback. And uh, when he gets it going, and all of a sudden it can turn to magic. And his last two throws were both scores. So stop worrying about the first one so much. Uh, the offense is going to be fine. People worry because they enjoy it. Right? right. I mean, there are people that like to find the negative in something and then work their way through it. He's still a young quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's got 36 career starts, 34 in the regular season. So th that's nothing that concerns me. I'll tell you what I like. And guess what, Brian? This team's not going to score in every possession this year. If they, they did, that would be some sort of record. And they're probably not going to win every game. So you relax. I will. <laughs> I do want to point out one thing. The thing that I like the most about the touchdown throw and about the two-point was how patient he was in the pocket. How he just, you know, and, and you covered the Patriots, so you know this. When Tom Brady was at his best, he moved in about a three-foot 
circle, you know, radius in the pocket. Not very much, just enough to sort of avoid and slide and get the vision that he needed. That's exactly what Trevor did. And the other thing is that we talked about second year in the system, second year with these guys together. Both Kirk and Jones worked their way open. The quarterback was patient. They knew where they needed to be, and they made the plays. That's the second-year factor that we have been talking about since the spring. I did like a lot of what I saw on that, on that third drive for them. I do have a Patriots comparison coming up in hot takes because I did see something very reminiscent there, which bodes well for this team. As for our big thing, number two, that's the youth movement. So let's take a couple, a look at some of these plays that we had from Gregory Jr. because we know Brian's been talking about him for a while now, and he really came through. Well, look, when you watch this guy, watch how fast he gets where he's going and then how violently he arrives. I mean, you just, bang, you see him. He shows up. He pops off the tape. And what impresses me is that, you know, he's a guy that shows up from Wachita Baptist, NAIA Division II school, and in a short time is making plays like that against guys who are competing for jobs on the Cowboys roster. That was early in the game. Those guys are competing for those special teams jobs. And for everything we saw from the Jaguars in terms of special teams, we've been talking about it for weeks now about, you know, making your mark there and that's how you get your roster spot. And there's got to be, you know, probably five, six players I saw making plays that could get themselves a spot from that. By the way, he is not just competing for a special teams job this he's year. competing for that. For the starting yeah. nickelback role because he's good in the middle of the field. Yeah, I don't think he's going to start at nickel this year. I think he's going to go to Trey Herndon. But he's, he's what they needed desperately coming into this camp was for some of this abyss of young uh, corners, meaning uh, Braswell and and Junior and, and Brown, for somebody to step up where you felt good about four, five, and six. You knew exactly who the threes were. And I'm not saying he can't get to that third spot, but I would, I would think it's going to be Trey. But you wanted, you know, coming into camp, you worried if any of those guys are out, who's, you've seen nothing. Uh, credit to Tim Jones, who forced the first fumble, uh, and showed again why it's going to be tough to have him not on the roster. Hold on on it. I mean, I know Trey's been around here for a while, but people that I talk to say that that is real, that Trey Herndon and Gregory Jr. are locked in a battle for this job, and it's not just going to be given to the veteran because he's got more starts in it. Young player, you know, with some up, uptick mm -hmm. there. Also, one more name we should mention, Devon Wilson, who had an interception that was nullified by a penalty on Christian Braswell on the other side of the field for illegal contact. So it wasn't just Braswell and um, and the other uh, draft picks and, and Greg Jr. Devon Wilson, the undrafted rookie who came from Georgia, who we've talked about on this show as well, came through with a big play too. That's exactly what you want to see in the preseason, mm -hmm. these names that we've been talking about. That's where you need to show out and do that. And we're going to go over a bunch of that in the B-Blocker, just after the break, we're going to come back and talk about a bunch of those young players, specifically the draft picks and what they were able to do in the game. We're going to round things out with our big thing number three, Canada's favorite son, because Nathan Rourke had a play that ever, has been blowing up absolutely everywhere. And I was on the sideline that it went down on, and I was, I myself just... I think I was just like, no way, this this man doing this right now. Because I was like, why is he doing it? And then I was like, oh, wait, there's a chance here. Because at this point, I was like, wait, 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 what are we doing? What are we doing? And then it's like, oh, wait, he's going to throw it. It's impressive. Yeah, big time play. I mean, it's it's uh, let's pump the brakes on putting him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, and <laughs> he's in Canada's Hall of Fame. Thank you. Should be. Some Jaguars fans are. He was are, the Canadian player of the year. Are understandably year. going nuts. And. You always want to see this, and he, and he played well besides this. Uh, I, 
I am now very, very curious and interested to watch the quarterbacks, the reserve quarterbacks the rest of the preseason, which Did I wasn't before. that play not remind you of that third quarter play in Denver in 2019 where Gardner Minshew sure. was turned inside out and bent over and ran around and found Raquel Armstead in the back of the end zone? That's the first thing I thought of is, oh, I've seen that play before. Yeah, and it's uh, I, I want to see it a couple of more times, Yeah, uh, a consistency, because he looked much, much better in the game than he did in yeah, any practice. of the training camp practices and any, any of the OTAs. Uh, so I didn't think he had a very good chance to make the team before the other night, you know, or, or I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, now you, you, you have to go with game performance with quarterbacks more than practice. So let's see it a couple more times. Let's see him stack it, and then maybe it gets interesting. He's got a nice arm, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some yeah. zip on that. Are we ready for another mania? Is that what you were trying to say? With the no, no, I'm, just, no, I'm not ready for another mania. No, no, I never no. want to have mania again. <laughs> no, and you're never going to have that because you got Trevor, right? That's where the mania is. Correct. We but, don't want to get to the point where that's what's happening again, I, obviously. No I've heard and that, read but. a lot about, wow, what a singular play. Well, I saw it in the regular season. We all did, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time, when, when Minshew made that play, it's like, whoa, maybe this kid can play because that – Literally, it was the exact same play, just going back the other way to a running back. So we'll see what he can do for the rest of the preseason, and then maybe, you know, whether it's here or elsewhere, you know, give himself a chance. Oh, that play guarantees he'll be on someone's roster. Someone's roster. I think somewhere. he'll be around here. It, it, it'll just be a matter of uh, how it how it all shakes stacks out. out. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, stay with us. We're going to go over some of those plays from the rookies, specifically that rookie class, that huge rookie class from last year, and how they were able to come through in the first preseason game. Welcome back to Jags AM presented by CarShield. You can call CarShield now if your car is out of manufacturer's warranty. Do not get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer repairs. Call CarShield now. We finally have some football film to go over. It is the preseason, but that's when we get to see the young guys play. We get to see what they have, specifically this rookie class, which was huge, and some undrafted free agency, and a couple of second-year guys that, that really, you know, maybe were on the practice squad last year, didn't get a lot of playing time that we got to see in action. We're going to start out with, let's see, what are we going to start out with? Uh, Tank. Obviously, we've been talking about Tank for ah. quite some time. So. Right. And everybody sees this, but watch 85. Watch the tight end make the block. I'm not sure if you can see it from that angle. Yeah, you can see it. It was on top. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. It, it freed him up for that yep, big, yeah. long run. And, and that's what you're looking for from a guy who you draft in the second round to be able to contribute on both sides of the line. It's a great block. And that's what they've been talking about with Strange as well as like, um, you know, Evan Ingram and, and Doug has spoken about as well. You know, you may not be seeing as many catches from him right now because he's blocking and he's doing all the things they want him to be doing. And that's... He drove his guy seven yards up the hero, field. If you will. Exactly. Seven yards up and the he's, field. He's... I keep hearing how he's a run-blocking tight end and he's not a receiver. I think he's both. He's every, just, every practice I see him make a good catch. Yeah. And he's a rookie... I don't see why he won't get better and better in that area. And he's already, talking to people who understand blocking far more than I do, he's already a high-end blocker. Yeah. Well, so if he supplements that by being an average receiver, uh, you've got a really good player there. That's important because here's a name we have not brought up in training camp. Chris Manhurts, who was here for two years and a powerful part of the running game, is now in Denver. So you're going to need Brenton Strange and Luke Farrell who by all accounts are really good blocking mm -hmm. tight ends to be able to do some of that. Do you think they're going to carry four no matter what? Yes. Totally. And in this day and age, you almost have to because 
it does tight ends a disservice to call them all the same thing. Meaning you basically have Luke Farrell and Britton Strange are your run tight ends and uh, Angerman Prince are your move tight ends. Um, so teams keep two because you need a backup for each starter at that spot, essentially. And I think Strange has that ability to do both. I mean, we've seen him on the practice field sure. make excellent catches. So it's not like he can't be that guy, too. He's going to be one that will be to see where he will be at the, even the end of this season, second year, third year, I think is going to be leaps and bounds just because of how quick he picks things yeah. up. So he that, looks like a guy who could really be a monster next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time to blossom in this offense. Get used to what Doug wants to use with the tight ends. And Doug loves his tight ends. He does. Uh, let's go to defense for our next player because we've been talking about him as well when we talk about the 53. Yasir Abdullah, he was, his presence was felt is what I will say in game one. He got a sack, which, you know, you want to talk about the pass rush all day. Here's your guy. He's coming in. He's got the moves. Um, Jeff Lagerman and I were talking last week about he just feels like Abdullah has the sense, right? He just, he knows what he needs to do. He, he may not, you know, people say he's undersized, whatever it is, but he, he finds a way he's going to make a move. Fine. I'll do another move. Like he's just prepared in that way and has a way of finding and being where he needs to be at any given time. Yeah. I'll be talking about him later in the show, Brian. So I won't, I mean, Logs it's such like a great take that I have that I don't want to burn <laughs> yes. right now. Logs likes the 56. Here's the other thing. And look, the guy was a really good pass rusher at Louisville. Yeah. He played the run really well the other day too. You know, they had a guy around here for years named Yannick Ngakwe, who was a terrific pass rusher, but he was 220 pounds. And when he had to stop the run, he was not a force. This guy is going to be a force. He's broad and he's strong. And he's built to play the run as well. I sure hope he does because at this point we need a pass rusher. And as we've discussed, that's a need that they have. So they need to build from within because even at this point they haven't brought anybody. And he's not a liability. It's not like when he's on the field you're going to go, okay, we're going right there. Not at all. I think it's great. Where else are we going to go? Okay, now we're going to go to the offensive line because, you know, we have to represent Baker County as we do. <laughs> it's, tug, it's tugboat time because not only do we personally like Cooper Hodges – he was out there for a good portion of this game, and he looked good at points. And he, he set that up for Dearness Johnson. He did. He was he was all over the place. Uh, you can see him getting coached up by his fellow offensive linemen, and he's a big man. So when he sets a block, and he's he's hustling there too. So tugboat does cartwheels. There's there's really little that this man can't do. John, when do you see him maybe making his way into the lineup on the offensive line? Is it next season? Maybe. Well, I would think next season. There's some guys, Brian, who. As soon as they get drafted and as soon as they're here, you start hearing it in the water. Meaning the people are talking about him, hey, keep an eye on this guy. And the momentum sort of never stops. Uh, He was a guy, the first couple OTAs where you looked at and said, oh, okay, this is a big body. He can move behind it. He takes the right approach. He works in the locker room. He sort of gets it. He's a mature kid. you know, I know you're going to uh, talk about this later as well. Everything you hear and see indicates he'll start next year. Without a doubt. You yeah. know, and, and it's we're, we're jumping the shark on this one. But, you know, your right guard, your five-time Pro Bowl right guard, is a $24 million cap figure next mm-hmm. year. So the Jaguars, yeah. you know, they need to be able to plug this kid in and have him be the long-term fixture there. Maybe Sheriff has an amazing year and they decide to – redo his deal i don't know but cap room is precious for this team going forward because of the quarterback so you need hodges to be that guy it looks like he is and john to your point he's making the move from four years starting at Mm -hmm. right tackle to going inside 
And you and I were standing on the practice field talking to Trent Bulky during OTAs, and, and he came over and said that this is a guy who's got every tool, that everything you need, mentally, physically, everything, to be a long-term starter at guard, but he's got to do the work. Well, watching him pull, yeah, <laughs> he's doing the work. Well, he looks good. And in this league, you need, you know, we all spend all off-season talking about the 22. Well, once the season starts, the 22, you need 35. Yeah. And uh, I think they're deep on the offensive line. They showed last year they were uh, good depth, and I think they supplemented that and kept that same depth equation, if you will, with Harrison in for Taylor. Um, I don't see, see any reason by week 9 or 10 if you have an injury – I don't. It feels like he's moving toward a guy that they're not going to have a lot of angst if he would have to come into the lineup late this season. No, and and you've seen instability at left guard, right? Because Ben right. Barch, who by the way has just been elevated from the pup list, so he'll, today, be, yep. he'll be practicing and maybe playing uh, this week or or next week against the Dolphins. Um, so you've got some instability with uh, Tyler Shatley, who's had the AFib issue, and you're not sure you know when he's going to be able to come back. So. Hodges is one of those guys that, you know, if he's versatile, can play the left side, could be active on game day as opposed to one of those scratches all season long. And I would suspect by the time we get to December, he might be. Yeah, my guess is the decision makers feel much, much better about that instability at guard knowing this kid's coming. He's making this roster. There's no doubt. No doubt there for sure. Uh, Elsewhere we wanted to look, let's do some punt returns because we saw Parker Washington out there a decent amount, obviously, of Agnew, so he's not going anywhere, but... Parker Washington is a good viable option, uh, and we've seen him return some kicks, return some punts, and work his way into the offense a little bit as well. But you have to imagine he's someone that they enjoy the versatility that he brings to the game. Two things. One, it takes courage to be a punt returner, and you just don't know how a guy is going to react in the NFL with all these guys bearing down on him. He had no problem with it. And second, watch him use his feet here to set up the defender. We've talked about how good his feet have looked through training camp, and he shows it right there. Yeah, he's, again, a good piece to have if they need a backup uh, punt returner. And he feels like a guy who is going to play his way by next year into mattering in the receiving group. Into the mix, for sure. He just seems too fundamentally sound, too quick in the right areas. Uh, I don't know if his high end is Christian Kirk someday. He's built similarly, but but he certainly seems from the an early early look like a guy who can produce in the NFL minimum at a four or five. Yeah, Kirk was a second round pick, right? And and you see how smooth he is. But he's he's this guy was drafted to be that guy, right? To be that slot receiver who uses his feet to gain separation in the middle of the field and he'll have a role and i i mean i again i, I think he's on this roster i think he's got one of the six receiver spots well from the first practice of otas when he was there um he's never looked lost never and that's encouraging and and i, and I needed it strange you know uh both from penn state but they both looked like they belonged very very quickly uh Usually guys that look like that, bare minimum, contribute for you for a few years. That's what you went out of the draft. Yep. 
he's in my mind locked up the fifth spot on the wide receivers yeah, and then i feel agreed. like the sixth spot is the one that's kind of up for grabs for people uh and then finally we want to do uh christian uh, braswell's interception because we did talk about the defense and who needs to step up and kind of make themselves known because there isn't a ton of depth in the um in the db positions and and this was good to see but yeah. they really really like this kid yeah they he, do he's he's uh I think Doug talked about him on the, on, on the Zoom call this morning. Uh, his athleticism, he's... I don't know if Doug said this or not, but it struck you when Doug was talking that he's talking about a kid who knows how to play football. Some guys are athletes and, they, and, and, and they're not natural players. This kid, everything you hear, he has great instincts, he can play. Uh, my sense is they think this guy, if not this year, next year, is going to factor into the five or six DBs that are on the field. And it's important to note that that interception came in the fourth quarter after he had two penalties, right? The one that took away the interception and another illegal contact. So he was having a rough day, but he hung in there. And that's what they want to see from these kids. Can you hang in there? Can you overcome that? And can you stay focused on the next play? As a cornerback, you know, they talk about the island all the time. You're on that island. Can you stay on it? And he did and made a great play. And he's still fighting through. One of the first couple of days at camp, he pulled up on a deep injury, route. Yeah. called that, yeah. He, he was following somebody, and it looked like a hammy. I'm assuming it was a hammy. Uh, so he's still sort of getting back to it. Uh, but again, I know Brian is going to talk about it later. A, a, a litany of rookies who were encouraging on Saturday. A lot of good stuff. We got our hot takes coming up after the break. The hottest of hot takes after we've seen preseason game one. So stay with us to find out what they are. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport is voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. Dot com. Welcome back to Jags AM. We're here in the Hyundai studios and we're going to do hot takes. We got a little game action. We got to see a little bit of what the team might be bringing to the table. So we're going to start off with hot takes. Brian, I will start with you today. I think this has a chance to be the best draft in Jaguars history. Uh, and here's why. Because I count, John, eight guys who legitimately by the end of next season could be starters. If not starters in the sense, mm-hmm. really key players. Ready? Anton Harrison will be a starter. I think Bretton Strange is going to be a starter. Tank Bigsby, I think, could be a starter. If not a starter, he's one of those guys who's going to have a lot of Running carries. Running back, and, yeah, right, exactly. I uh, Ventrell Miller, Parker Washington, Yasir Abdullah, Antonio Johnson, and I just added Christian Braswell on your recommendation. So that's eight of 13 guys that, based on what we saw the first two weeks of camp and how they paid it off in Dallas, mm-hmm. you can look and go, yep, yep, yep. You could have eight starters out of one draft. You get that, that's a tremendous draft. That would be the most productive draft in Jaguars history. You know the best draft in Jaguars history was? Yeah, 2021. Picking Trevor. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, right. I mean, it, you know what I'm and saying. I kid. That's why I changed uh, from best to productive yeah, at the uh, end. It's, uh, I agree. And even if all those guys don't work out, because I think a couple of them, uh, Ventrell Miller, you wonder if, with Lloyd and Muma inside there. Uh, yeah, but Foye Aluakon has a $23 million cap figure coming up. Right, but Lloyd and Muma could still... Well, but... You mean you the need, word starter. Right, yeah. and I don't have any doubt that everybody you mentioned will matter over the next 
uh, two or three years, whether it's starter with Parker Washington, whether he's a starter or, or whether he's catching 40 for 660, uh, or you feel very good if somebody's injured and he comes in. And that's what you need out of draft, especially when you have 13. Clearly, that's what they wanted. They felt like they were not deep enough and that they needed to get talent in here for the next four years. Uh, oh. There's a lot of confidence they did. I, Tyler Lacey, who you didn't mention, yeah. I don't know if he's ever a starter. Right, but, but he'd be a role player. But you need eight or nine. Here's nine. How about Cooper Hodges? I forgot him on the list. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's not, I mean, this looks like the most productive draft it's got to play out, obviously. Yeah. But I would think by the end of 2024, you could look at this draft and say, there's never been a draft that good. So hats off to Trent Baalke. And he didn't mention my guy, Yasir Abdullah. I'm, I did. I'm sure. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. On my list. Well, um, that was my takeaway. And it's a hot take because of this. I have no confidence in most rookies to give you anything that will help you be a better team in, in your rookie year. Uh, and I'm exaggerating that. I've just seen so much where they're learning, and then the next year they're just really good. Um, this kid might be able to give them some pass rush and some impact. I don't think he's going to start, but you need three or four guys who in your packages can affect the quarterback. Um, he was playing against second team the other night, but as Logs has said often, there's a natural – element to that sometimes and this kid seems to have it they knew in indianapolis when i was covering them that uh, robert mathis a fifth round draft pick had three and a half sacks as a rookie in his second year they all said this kid is going to be a pro bowler someday and i don't want to compare abdullah to mathis because mathis might go in the hall someday but there's an element there of a young kid who bare minimum can affect the pocket this year from the moment he stepped on the practice field you knew he belonged absolutely and that, that that's high praise especially from veteran football players. But talking to these guys, they have all said that he belongs. It's cool because now that we've entered that point of where you have your base of your team already set, they're drafting to develop as the term goes. But that means you come in and you have a specific role to fill. You're not coming in trying to be, you know, dealing with what Trevor had to deal with and coming in and being the man immediately. Not everybody can do that or thrives in that environment. And there's a lot of these people where Tank's coming in, he's going to work with Travis. He's not just the guy. Uh, we see Brenton come in. He gets to learn from a great tight end room. Anton Harrison has a loaded offensive line that he's working with to help him every single day. And he'll have a little more time to maybe get up to size. I mean, he's a huge person to begin with, so I should say get up to size, but put on a little more bulk. And then by the time, you know, second, third year, he's going to be even better. So There have been way too many years where everybody you mentioned, Brian, yeah. would have been starting. And that's not the best development no. for a lot of people. It, it's not it really good. isn't. So to be able to have that luxury at this point, that really sets the team up to be successful for many, many years to come, which is what we want to talk about, where it's like, oh, this team is not just going to be a one-and-done situation. It's like we are building this to be good for a very long time. And just one more note real quick. You mentioned Tyler Lacey has a chance to play. I talked to him last week coming off the practice field. He looks gassed. I don't know whether you noticed it. Every day off the practice field, gassed. He's from Texas, Oklahoma State. I said, it can't be the heat. He said, no. He said, I want to prove – Every play that I belong, I feel like every play I have to find a way to stay. Well, it's that rare. kind of attitude, that kind of approach, gets you places. He's a rare guy, and so is Hodges in the sense that uh, usually with rookie linemen, and Anton Harrison fits this a little bit, you can see where Anton in, in a year in the weight room is going to look more like Jawan Taylor did yeah. when he left and really be one of the top offensive tackles. He's going to be good. 
but once he gets size and strength, his man strength, so to speak, he'll take it to the next level. When you look at Hodges and Lacey, physically they already look there, and most rookies don't look that way. So that's going to be interesting to watch these young linemen they brought in. You guys went with the young guys. I'm going to go with someone, a veteran presence on this team. I'm going with Christian Kirk. That's my hot take is he is the linchpin for this offense. And I know we talk a ton about what Calvin is going to bring to this team and Trevor's development and all the other core that he has around him. This ship is this is going to be successful if, as far as Christian Kirk can take it because he has become the person that Trevor trusts and he goes to and feels he can throw it to no matter what. And it's similar when we talked a little bit about the Patriots earlier how I felt Brady really worked with Welker and then Edelman later on in his career. Yes, he throws to Randy Moss, who's got 20-plus touchdowns, but Welker had the most targets and the most uh, yards in a lot of those seasons where they played together because that was his safety guy. He knew, he trusted everything. He knew everything about the mannerisms for Tom Brady, and I feel like Christian Kirk has worked so much with Trevor that he's really getting to that point where he knows he can be where he needs to be. He knows what Trevor's mannerisms are, where he prefers, what he prefers. And when you have that type of relationship with your quarterback, that is invaluable, especially when, you know, people are doubling up Calvin or that opens up the field for everybody else. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think Christian's number one on that list. It, it will probably take him a little while to get it with Ridley because there just has to be some game stuff where you just trust what's going to be there. Uh, but I have no doubt watching Calvin is going to be there. The intriguing thing is you do feel like Trevor right now has at least four guys who are primary weapons who can beat single coverage who he's completely comfortable throwing to. Um, it, uh, Jimmy and Keenan still remain the best two wide receivers. Tandem. In franchise history, they didn't have three and four no. like this. This is the so this is, best group we've seen. This is intriguing. Um, I wasn't surprised at all that Christian Kirk was the guy who got free mm-hmm. as Trevor was so patient in the pocket and made that beautiful throw. Um, I would agree that he is 1A in terms of connection. I would say Evan Ingram is 1B. I mean, just a hair behind him. Watching them on the practice field and the way that they work. So... Uh, he's got guys that he has connections with. And Zay. He got Zay in the back of the end zone, too. It won't take long on Ridley. That's what makes me so optimistic. And I even think about interception. The relationship he has with these guys, the connection he has with these guys. Find another quarterback in the league, maybe outside of Mahomes, eh, maybe Burrow in Cincinnati that has this many targets Mm -hmm. that he's connected to so strongly. Yeah, you mentioned Zay, and I know we'll get out of this segment. To me, Zay's had the quietest, really, really solid camp going. Every day when I look at my notes, he's had two or three catches, yeah. 15 to 20 yards. Uh, the trust there, don't un, you know, I don't know if he'll have 1,000 yards. I don't know if he'll have, he'll have 10 touchdowns. What you know about Zay, he'll have at least five catches that you remember at the end of the season for touchdowns where you say, okay, that got him the game. And he had about that. So there's a lot of weapons that matter that make you better on offense can't wait to see it all come together all right stay with us we're going to preview what we got going on the rest of the week we're headed to detroit and we'll let you know all about that after the break Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, you can check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. 
And we talked a little bit about that Nathan Rourke play. You know, he's falling down. He gets the touchdown. They played it in the stadium for his old team during their game. Of course, his teammates where he played in the CFL last season. And obviously, they were very excited to see their teammate doing so well here in preseason and hopefully making a name for himself. But pretty cool to see there. And hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of Rourke uh, when we head to Detroit this week because we're doing joint practice for the couple days this week and then they're playing the lions on saturday so what do you guys enjoy most about kind of joint practice is it just seeing new people seeing your team go up against some different players i I like validating opinions right i mean because you can see calvin ridley line up against i don't choose a young cornerback and think well calvin Ridley's having the best camp possible right Mm -hmm. now you're going to go line up against the ones in detroit okay let's see you do it what's going to look like i fully anticipate that he will but it validates opinions if gregory jr goes up and has a big day on the practice field yep okay he's making the progress and it's a it's a week where um the reps between ones during practice uh matter as much as what the fans will see during the game like there's a chance some starters may play less on Saturday because, of the because they feel like they've got the reps. And uh, Doug alluded to it a little bit. I don't I don't put words in his mouth. But that there could be some younger guys, uh, the Greg Jr. level player, who's not necessarily a starter, who they could want to get reps against ones to give them that experience. This is the meat time of this process. So Bucky and I get to sit with the coach mm-hmm. and some players the night before the game as we're doing our preseason production meetings. And we had a long conversation with Doug about the value of these matchups. And he said that every rep on the practice field is as valuable as any rep in a game in the preseason. That's saying something. I think it is. And I think we'll see a lot of that. And it's just exciting to see the competitive nature of it. You know, you're not going against your own team. So it'll be a little bit different out there. We're going to be live for Jags AM on Wednesday and Thursday at Detroit's training camp. And hopefully a little bit cooler there, so we'll be outside. And A lot cooler there. I'm looking forward to it. So am I. Please join us on Wednesday and Thursday. We will see you then. As for until then, have a good one.